Hello, it's Peter Wright and Kathleen Vervey with the weekly wrap-up of the Yacking Show. And this is the what happened in the week ending 26th of June 2024. And as always, we must introduce co-host Kathleen before we get going. Hi, Kathleen. How are you today? I'm doing great, Peter. How are you? No, I'm good, thank you. And we always start off with the weather because the weather in Canada is so variable, it's unbelievable. <laughs> We've gone from minus 18 Celsius last week to plus two or three, and I'm going up to plus four today. So all our heavy snow is turning to slush and ice and muck, and it's making life really interesting. Yesterday it rained all day, and it was foggy. And, and, both, and yeah. I would say probably wreaking havoc on those people who suffer from migraine headaches, the fluctuation right. in the temperatures and the pressure. Oh, boy. I tell you, yeah. I'm, I'm sure yeah. a lot of people are sensitive to that, including myself. So, yeah. Yeah, but it certainly makes life interesting. Mm -hmm. So let's uh, let's let's get going. Uh, Kathleen, as always, for your feline fans, has a cat tip. Are you ready with your cat item, Kathleen? Yes. For those of you who are interested in our feline friends, today's tip or or tidbit of information: cats believe that they are the boss in the house and not their owners. Chances are that your cat has trained you pretty well to meet its every need. Does that sound about right? <laughs> That's today's. It, it does in this household of six cats. Believe me, it does. But uh, we won't go into too much detail on that one. So let's talk about the guest that we had on the show this week. Mm -hmm. On Tuesday, we had Dr. Karen Curriton, and she was a very exciting and interesting lady. And she was talk she is a renowned naturopathic Ah, naturopathic physician, acupuncturist, and neural retraining practitioner. And she was talking about the intersection of holistic health, acupuncture's role in wellness, and the transformative power of neural retraining. Mm -hmm. So that was Tuesday's episode, which is on YouTube, uh, on Podbean for the audio, and both of those, of course, are on our website. And then today we released another one of our premium episodes recorded over a year ago. This one was with uh, Phil Johnson, and he runs the Master of Business Leadership Program. And he talks about emotional intelligence and why it's more important than IQ. Really good uh, longer episode. It runs for about an hour. There is a transcript available, and the audio is on the website. So that was Thursday. Well worth watching if you want to find out more about emotional intelligence. Next week, we have, and I made a mistake in last week's newsletter and probably the video, and I said that Jamie Chambron would be our guest on Tuesday this week, but of course, she's coming up next Tuesday. Uh, she helps you build your personal brand, and she tells you why it's so important in this day and age to have a personal brand. She's a seasoned career advancement and personal branding expert and a former business-to-business -business tech executive. She was really interesting, so I'd encourage you to look out for that one on Tuesday. And then on Thursday, we have a lot of a lot of women on guests at this stage. We have uh, Casey Weiss, Casey Weiss unveiling the secrets of holistic nutrition and a healthy lifestyle. She's a coach. She yeah. specializes in helping women with diet. She was also really good. That will be coming up on Thursday. So that's what's happening as far as guests go. Uh, we will be releasing more premium episodes on Thursdays uh, later in the month or later in the year and starting next month. 
Over to you, Kathleen, for some health news. Yes. Well, I also want to bring up our Dr. Morse interview that we did a few yes. weeks ago. It was released, what was it, last week or a couple of weeks ago now? On the 18th. Oh, that my goodness, Peter. That's so many wonderful views. Dr. Morse has it on his TV channel at the moment, and we're um, well over 6,800 views of that, of that episode. People are very interested in it. And we will put links to that video in this, in this, in this video as well. Right, Peter? Absolutely. We will. And today, what I wanted to talk about is an article that I recently read, and it is from, uh, from Frontline News, actually. And it's about the damage of GMO crops to our bodies basically and uh you are a farmer peter and i know that mm -hmm. you appreciate uh, what i'm about to say here but i i mean some of the t statistics coming out is is just uh, uh it's something to be concerned of because what they're saying is that uh, first of all in case you weren't aware is that 92 percent of all corn and 94 4% of all soy grown in the U.S. and Canada are genetically modified crops. So what does that mean? I mean, we talk about genetically modified because we want to make them resistant, resistance, uh, resistant to uh, parasites and to weeds and um but what are we compromising in, in doing that, right? So there's been mm -hmm. some studies done. In fact, what prompted this article is that Mexico um, is saying that they don't want the corn from the U.S. or the soy because, of, of, because they don't want genetically modified corn and soy. And they claim that it can cause a lot of common toxic effects, um, such as hepatic pancreatic, renal, and reproductive effects, and it could alter the hematolog hematological, biochemical, and immunologic parameters, is what this article is saying. So it can damage the pancreas, the liver, and the testes. I mean, it's just um, something to, to be mindful of. I know that when I go shop, I make sure that um, the products that I'm purchasing are non-GMO products. So what are your thoughts, Peter? Okay, so I've changed my thinking, I'll be honest, that having been a farmer in Africa, we use hybrid seeds and, and many, many, many farmers growing many different types of crops use hybrid seeds. Mm -hmm. And hybrid hybrid seeds are, are crossing different varieties of the same species that occur naturally to get the synergistic effect of the good characteristics of both. So going back many, many years, probably into the 1960s in Rhodesia, as where I was, we did our agricultural research station developed a hybrid called SR52. And at the time, it was the highest yielding maize variety or corn corn variety in the world. It, it was out producing anything found in North America, for example. Mm -hmm. uh, I can't remember the exact I can't remember exact yield, but it was not a lot below some of the GMO crops, but it was below. So I grew up with that thinking that hybrid seeds developed in the field, hybrid species or varieties developed in the field were a good thing. And I still believe that, absolutely. So when I started reading about GMO 10, 15 years ago, I was under the impression, because this is the way it was promoted, was that it was like hybrid varieties of crops, but generated or developed much more quickly in the laboratory than in the field. 
And I think that that was uh, a misconception amongst a lot of people that it was still natural. It was just sped up in the laboratory. Instead of waiting for 120 days for a maize plant to mature in, in the field, you could do this in a couple of days in the laboratory. So you could go through generations of a, of a variety of corn mm -hmm. in a very short time. And I, I, I still believe that that was what was publicized. It was only more recently than I started reading articles like the one you just mentioned, Kathleen, mm -hmm. of the potential ill effects. Uh, and there's two aspects to this. There's the potential ill effects of toxins contained in the GMO corn or soy or whatever we're talking about. And then there's a potential ill effects from toxins in the herbicides and insecticides that are used to treat the BT or GMO corn. And we know that Roundup is a big one um, and that corn and soy are have been developed in the laboratory to not be affected by Roundup and other herbicides so that they, they can be sprayed on the field to kill weeds and kill bugs. There's a whole lot that I don't know, but I, I think from the statistics you were talking about, there's a huge area for concern. Mm -hmm. And what it's what it's established in my mind is that there's no possible way that GMO varieties of uh, crops can be considered any extension of the old hybrid variety of crops. We still have a lot of hybrid seed development in vegetables, for instance, tomatoes, potatoes, uh, beans, peas. about the effects on the health of those? Hybrid? No, not really, because... As far as I'm aware, the genetic makeup of a hybrid plant is almost identical to both of its parents, right? So it's like saying if you have uh, a normal human father and mother, you would expect to have a normal child. But if you had a father or mother who'd been chemically or some way altered in the laboratory, there's a good chance the child's going to be a little bit altered, right? It, it, so I, I'm still very comfortable with hybrid seeds using, and when I was growing Okay, so I just finished off. We had an inter internet hiccup on my end. The joys of living on a farm. I've lost my connection completely, so I'm now relying on the phone to finish this recording. All I wanted to say on the GMO story was I'm quite comfortable with hybrid seeds, have some concerns about GMO, and they need to look into further. That's it from me. Um, we were talking about interesting guests we've had this week and those coming next week. A reminder, so you don't miss out on guests, sign up for our newsletter. Go to the yakkingshow.com. There's a form there. We send you one email a week with news of current and future guests. That's it from me. Thanks, everyone, for listening, and goodbye. Hand over to Kathleen to finish off. Thank you so much for tuning in. And if anyone is interested in being a guest on our show, we invite you to visit us at theyackingshow.com. All you need to do is click on the contacts tab where you will find a short application form. We'd love to hear from you. So until next time, take care, everyone. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.